This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. David Hooper with you. Bigpodcast.com is the website, and this is the podcast about marketing your podcast. I don't talk about tech. I talk about getting a bigger audience, spreading your message, making more money with your podcast. This is the audio edition of my newsletter. It's called Big Podcast Insider, and that goes out every Friday morning. If you're interested in that, it's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. And in this issue, we've got YouTube's guide for podcasters, four podcast content buckets, got a Q&A. Here's the Q. How can I get guests to share my podcast? The answer is coming up. Openmoji, this is a resource that you're going to want to use for your podcast artwork. Also, how to find your most productive hours, Spotify wrapped podcaster edition. Is your podcast working? Five questions to ask yourself. This episode brought to you by Riverside. Riverside is the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast and video. It's a studio that's built into your phone, your computer. We take it for granted these days, but it is very, very powerful. I was at a used bookstore the other day, and this is Nashville. So (laughs) they've got recording equipment, guitars, you know, the usual store that you would find. And I see a woman bringing these things in, a DAT machine, and also ADATs. ADATs would record on Super VHS. Each one of them was eight tracks. It was mind-blowing to people. Digital recording on Super VHS. That's what we were working with 25 years ago. But today, you've got Riverside. Higher quality, less money, and you can do it wherever you are in the world. 70,000 people use it. People like Guy Raz, Gary V, Spotify uses it. The New York Times uses it. Riverside records locally on each participant's computer. We call it a double ender. Meaning, if I'm talking to you, you're getting that local recording. I'm getting that local recording. It sounds the best that it can be. It uploads it into the cloud as we're going, zips everything together when we're done, and you can go back, you can edit it, and it sounds fantastic. Speaking of editing, Riverside has something they call Clips. It's a built-in editor. It will transform your long-form content into multiple pieces of short-form content. It makes it easy to share great content from your podcast on social media. You want to try it? They're going to let you try it for free. Go to riverside.fm. They'll give you a couple hours to check it out. Look under the hood. See if you like it. I'm confident that you will. And when you're ready to buy, let me give you a discount code. It's Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That URL again, riverside.fm, the code Big Podcast. It's going to save you 15% now and forever. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That URL again, riverside.fm. All right, let's get to it. Big Podcast Insider, I do this like an old school audiobook. Kind of used to read along with when you were a kid, tell you when to turn the page. Say, when you hear this sound, turn the page. And that's how you know when I'm going to a new story. The first story, should podcasters worry about the rise of AI audio tools? When I say AI, I'm talking about artificial intelligence. I've had more than a few people ask me about this. They're worried about AI tools, especially voiceover guys. Do you think I'll still have a job in a few years? People are worried. And you can understand that because you've heard the voice of the big podcast supercomputer. Interrupts me all the time when I make a mistake, have to go in and fix something. Check this out. Hello, friends. This is the big podcast supercomputer. Some people say I sound like Anthony Hopkins. I'm the big podcast supercomputer's wife. Y yo soy la amante de big podcast supercomputer. Not bad, right? But now what's happening is you've got other tools, stuff like Nichez for writing content, Headliner's Eddie tool for audio editing, transcripts, 
all this stuff, pretty easy to use. You don't have to learn complicated software like Pro Tools, Adobe Audition. And I love this ease of use. It's like Riverside. That is so easy to use to record your podcast. You take it back to the ADATs that we had 25 years ago. Who knows how to hook this stuff up? You had to learn. And that was a filter between you and your message getting out to people. So I love it that we have these easy to use tools, some of them AI, that is making it easy for us to get our message out. I don't think you need to worry just yet about AI. I've got some photos. They are linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you want to go there, you will see why. I had AI give me some podcaster images. (laughs) I don't want to spoil it, but uh, (laughs) they wouldn't have been worth sharing if it wasn't for this example. Let's just say that. With that said, AI is coming. It's coming along. Let me give you an example of where AI works. I think it's great for outlining. I got on one of these things. I don't remember which one. Most of what you see is an interface for the same system, OpenAI. And this uses OpenAI. I asked it to give me some ideas for podcasting goals for the upcoming year. Gave me five of them. One, increasing audience engagement. Not bad. Two, expanding reach to new audiences. Also not bad. Three, securing more advertising revenue. That's not bad. Four, leveraging emerging technologies. We talked about that, AI being one of them. And five, prioritizing quality content creation. So not bad. If you want something to think about, I think AI is great for that. Outlining blog posts, outlining episodes. Here's my general advice on this. Use the tools that you have available, but do not count on them to replace the work that you can do or that you should be doing. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how to clean up bad audio recorded with AirPods. Adobe's got a free service right now, cleans up audio. But it's easier, quicker, ultimately better for you to get the best audio that you can initially by using great mic technique, being in a quiet space, using a great microphone. AI is kind of like that. It's not really a shortcut, it's a tool. All the links to the AI programs that I'm talking about, the photos of the podcaster that AI designed, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. YouTube's Guide for Podcasters. It's a 67-page guide to help you succeed on their platform. They claim to be pretty committed to podcasting. Regardless, you need to jump in now while it is hot. They've got a 67-page guide. I have it linked. I'm not going to go into it now. This episode is to get you the guide. Go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com to get it. I'll be reviewing it, possibly talking about it here. It is a tool, but it is not the way to grow your podcast. It'll help you grow your podcast if you've got these basic things in order, the good content, communicating with your audience, audience engagement. If you can do that via a podcast, strict audio podcast via RSS, you can do that via YouTube. Some people are thinking YouTube is the magic bullet. Well, you know, it's not really working for me as a podcast. Therefore, I should do it as a podcast on YouTube. And those are the words that people would use. Some people would say, it's not a podcast if it's on YouTube. We're not going to get into that. Are you putting your podcast on YouTube? Still a podcast. Anyway, regardless, if you want this guide, it's 67 pages. It's YouTube's official guide for podcasters. Now's the time to do it if you're going to get in on it. If you're wishing you were in on YouTube early, think, oh man, if only I'd gotten in there early. Could have been famous. Well, now's your chance to do that again with podcasting. So go get it. YouTube's guide for podcasters, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Four podcast content buckets. Let's talk about the buckets of the podcast content that you're creating. Some good advice here and something for you to consider as you move into the new year with marketing yourself and your podcast. I'm going to break it down for you. 
You want people to pay attention to you and your non-podcast content. And this could be your social media post on LinkedIn. It could be those YouTube videos we're talking about. Regardless of what kind of content that it is, you're going to want to consider publishing in each of these four categories. The first, thought leadership. I hate that term. Blah, just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yuck. That's what they call it. I would call it flying your flag. And the bottom line is this. You want to share content with your unique point of view and personal narrative when you publish any content. That's your podcast. That's something on YouTube. That's a tweet. That's a social media post on Instagram. This is what positions you as an expert or somebody who is trustworthy or one of the guys. Regardless of how you want to be positioned, this is what's going to do it, but you've got to be consistent and you want to fly that flag. Not just that milk toast. Well, if it's convenient, no. Tell them how it is. Regardless of how you want to be known, tell them how that is. This is what's going to keep people listening to your podcast rather than a similar podcast. What is your podcast subject? How many podcasts are out there? What differentiates it? Is it the content? Probably not. Probably not. The thing that separates your podcast from the next podcast is you. And it's your opinion. And it's that flag that you've got planted firmly in the ground. So plan it. Let them know you exist. Let them feel you. Number two, product marketing. Let me tell you something scary. Most people have no idea what you do or how you make money. And that is especially bad if you've got a business connected to your podcast. You know I wrote a book on podcasting, right? Oh, you didn't? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if you did know that I wrote a book on podcasting, have you purchased it yet? Oh, you haven't? Well, that's a problem for me, isn't it? Because I'm trying to spread a message. I'm trying to sell some books. By the way, the latest book, 101 Podcast Episode Templates, Amazon has it on sale for $6.66. This is the Big Podcast Supercomputer. Is it haunted? I've confirmed that it is not. You open it up, it's going to be a podcasting device, not a demon. So that price sounds good to you, $6.66, now Amazon. And I say this to bring up the point that you've got to constantly remind listeners what you do, how you work, what the outcomes that you and whatever you're selling can help make happen. That's not being pushy. That's being helpful. Sure, you got to balance it. You're not doing an infomercial, but even infomercials are entertaining. So don't feel bad about asking for the sale. If you are doing something connected to a business, let them know. Don't be afraid to share wins that your clients have had or let people know that you've got more to offer than just your podcast, just like I did with the book. You know I've got a book, right? Have I mentioned that? $6.66 on Amazon. It is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Number three, social proof. You should not be the only one talking about how great you are. I want you to share stories about the people that you're working with. Share listener reviews that people have left for you on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. Social proof goes a long way to you spreading your message. I'm going to guess that just for the fact that you are here listening to me, that you are a little bit different than the average person. The average person doesn't like to make a stand. The average person doesn't really have an opinion. Kind of, maybe. You have an opinion, and you're likely more comfortable saying it because you're behind a microphone. Those first two things that I talked about, thought leadership and product marketing, that's you getting on the mic, letting them feel you. But number three is letting other people talk about you. Or maybe you 
talking about other people, talking about you. See how that works? Number three, social proof. Number four, content. That's your podcast itself. It's also blog posts, tools, other resources that help your listeners. The content is the foundation that the business behind your podcast is built upon. And that is what's going to spread to the greatest number of people. These other things that we're talking about, the thought leadership, you marketing yourself, the social proof, that all goes on top of the content. It makes the content more accessible. To take it back to infomercials, the marketing element of this, say you got something that cleans something, typical infomercial, right? That's the content. That's what you're selling. But how you do it makes it interesting. That's why even if you're not going to buy anything on the infomercial, sometimes it's fun to watch that. What? Billy Mays here for OxyClean, you know? They make it interesting. That's what you're doing. But to make it interesting, you've got to have the content under it. It's like seeing that really attractive person. You want something there on the inside too, right? There has to be something to hold your attention. Just to summarize it for you, the four podcast content buckets. You can do these on every episode that you do. One, thought leadership. Two, product marketing. Three, social proof. Four, content. More linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. This is a Q&A. How do I get guests to share my podcast? You know, if you've got a podcasting question, send it to me. You can do that at bigpodcast.com. You can do that via Twitter. However you want to, man. But if you've got a question, send it to me. Happy to answer it here or elsewhere. And again, this is the question. This is a common one. How can I get guests to share my podcast? People who have big audiences, get them by putting out lots of content, doing lots of promotion around that content, and otherwise spreading their messages in whatever ways they can. Your interview with one of these people is likely to be one of many interviews. It's part of a bigger marketing and promotion plan designed to leverage your audience for the guest, not the other way around. A lot of podcasters, especially beginning podcasters, think, oh man, if I just get somebody well-known, that's going to give me credibility. Mm, no, man. Guests are coming to you for credibility. So embrace the power, but realize this. That guest is unlikely to do anything with the interview that you have done, especially if you're a beginning podcaster. Here's the good news. If you can get a guest to share an episode that you did together, that is definitely a way for you to reach new listeners. You can easily double the number of downloads that you get on an episode. But if you want it to happen, you've got to have a few things in order. Let's go through those. One, you've got to make guests on your podcast feel that they're part of something great. Making guests feel like they're part of something great starts with you and the podcast itself, not just specific episodes. Think about your podcast right now. Does your podcast offer a boost to the guest's credibility and reputation? If you're a beginning podcaster, probably not, unless that guru that you're interviewing, that celebrity wants to come down off the mountain, come hang out with the little guy, maybe that would be a boost. But if you want a real boost to the guest's credibility and reputation, you've got to have a big show. Don't worry, that's what we're talking about here. You stick with me, I'm going to help you do that. But that's the number one reason that you're going to get somebody to come on your podcast and do an interview with you. And the number one reason that that person is going to share the interview that you've done. Here's some things you can do right now, though. You edit episodes and make the guests you interview sound great. You can do that, and you should be doing that, whether you're a beginner or not. Are you doing proper pre-interview research on your guest? Well, what are we going to talk about? How did you start? So, tell me, what's your inspiration? Hmm, no questions like that. Interview them. You've got time with them. Make the most of them. 
Now, I think asking somebody, how did you get started? That works great. I don't start there. That's very beginner level stuff. What I do is I get into the story and then take them back to the beginning. All right. That's great, Mr. Rockstar. You just sold 10 billion records. Wasn't always that way. Let's talk about how you got there. Flipping that one thing, that one question, putting it in the middle, that's going to make your interview so much more interesting than starting on a linear thing. So tell me, you were born in Mississippi, and then what? 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 Because what people care about with these guests that you're interviewing, they don't need to go way back unless it affects what's happening now. People want the highlights, man. We don't need the entire lives of your guest. Get to the meat. And then if you want to deconstruct that, why people care about them right now, then go back to the beginning. Are you working hard to improve your hosting and interviewing skills so that you can hold up your end of the episode? Think about that. Are you actually practicing your hosting skills? Are you getting on the mic every day? Are you improving? Are you reading? Are you editing yourself and saying, mm, I could have paused here. I didn't say this word correctly. Are you trying to get better? Or you just phoning it in, being like, eh, whatever, it's good enough. It's not good enough. Not if you want to be at the top level of podcasting. Are you excited about the guests that you have? And do you want to be interviewing them? I signed on for a few projects. This one in particular I'm thinking about, they brought me on as a host. Big mistake. <laughs> on my part. On their part, it was a good one. <laughs> I got in there and... Uh, it wasn't that it couldn't have been a great podcast because I was certainly bringing my expertise, my enthusiasm to the project. What I didn't account for is the people that they were setting me up with were not so great. They really didn't have anything to say. One time I was in the middle of an interview. I've got this, shh, this is kind of weird. I hear this banging and I ignored it, but finally I said, I'm getting this weird sound. And he says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in the kitchen. My wife just came in. She started doing dishes. Hmm, no. But what do you do if somebody's brought you into the project and they're expecting you to get that interview? Anyway, the point is, I wasn't very excited about that. And I had two choices. I could quit or I could say, we need to get better guests. And I need this producer who's helping me prep these guys to do a better job of telling them what we expect from them. Somebody's got to tell these guys to show up with a great mic. Show up from a quiet place. Show up prepared to talk to me. And ultimately, I walked away from that because I didn't want to participate in that. Sometimes we have to do that with our own podcast. So if you are not excited about the guests that you have, and if you don't want to be interviewing them, that's the thing. You can't make guests feel great about your podcast and feel like they want to be there if you don't want to be there yourself. Number two, make your guests sound great. Sort of connected to what I just talked about. Can't really make you sound great, regardless of all these great tools that I've got, if your wife is doing dishes in the background. Have you seen the Big Podcast Instagram account? It's Big Podcast One. Instagram.com slash Big Podcast One is the URL. I've got so many jokes about podcast editing. And there is a reason that I've got these jokes about podcast editing on this page. More specifically, I should say, it's about not editing. Making yourself and your podcast sound great means making your guests sound great. And the best way to do that is to make sure everything is recorded properly. Just talked about that. But also that everything is edited before it's released. It means that you're showing up ahead of time, doing a pre-interview. 
doing that education. Maybe you've got a producer doing it with your remote guest. If you're doing guests that way, saying show up with a mic from a quiet place without your wife in the background, washing dishes. To continue on that example, this guy probably thought he sounded fine because he's listening to me. I'm in a studio. I've got a nice microphone. It's got a little bit of compression, got a noise gate. He's thinking that he's sounding as good as I am because he's hearing me. He's not. So what would likely happen in a situation was like that, even if I cleaned his stuff up in post, he would hear that interview. He would say, this guy sounds great, but I don't sound so good. When somebody shows you a group photo, you're in that group. What's the first thing that you do? You look at yourself and your guests are doing the same thing. They want to sound great. Sometimes they don't know how to do that. So we've got to help them out. Number three, make it easy for guests to share the episode. I've got some stuff linked. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Specifically, there are two static images and an audiogram video that I got from Pat Chung of Pod Inbox. I was on his podcast. It's called Podcast Growth Hacks. We're talking about how to grow your podcast. It's a great podcast if you haven't heard it. Podcast Growth Hacks, also linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. He did an interview with me and he sends me these images. Looks great. It's easy to share. And that's exactly what I did. If you make it easy for your guests to share, and yeah, that's holding their hand and basically taking them to their phone and saying, click this button. (laughs) You've got to dumb it down that much. Make the graphic for them. Maybe write the comment for them. When you make it easy to share, they are more likely to do it. That's number three. Make it easy for guests to share the episode. This is the big concept. Your audience is limited to the people who already know about you. If you leverage the audience of the people whom you interview, you will expand your audience. But to take it back to what I said a minute ago, when you interview somebody, that person is being interviewed everywhere. You're not the only person interviewing them. You got to do something to stand out. One, having a great podcast. Two, doing the research, having the great content, making them sound good. And three, making it easy for them to share things by doing something like these customized graphics that make them look good. That takes it back to that thing. Number one, you want somebody to feel that they were part of something great. Then they're going to share it. So maybe even though you got this brand new podcast, you're a complete beginner. Nobody's ever heard of it. You've got great looking graphics. You've got a great looking design. You made the guests feel great. You can still do this. Get in the habit of doing it. You've got those things you're doing every single episode. Consider these elements, the before, the during, and the after of making it easy for guests to share your episode by making something that people want to share. More thoughts, details, and info, it's linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Let's talk about open emoji. You know emojis, smiley face, LOL, that kind of thing. This is an open source project. It's 60 plus students, three professors, 20 plus external contributors. They are great for podcast episode graphics, promotional videos, logos, social media. I've got a link of creative ways that people have used them to give you some ideas to use them for your podcast. These are universal images. We've all seen them before. You're going to recognize them, but they're just a little bit different. They're open source. So people recognize them as well, but it's not the kind of thing that's going to get you in trouble like copyright infringement. And I can talk about that. We talked about that, right? I ended up in federal court over that. On the receiving end. Yeah, man. Another story for another time. But trust me on this. You do not want to be in federal court on the receiving end of a copyright infringement. It can happen. I didn't do anything malicious. Just made a mistake. In fact, 
I talked to my attorneys about it ahead of time. I said, can I do this? Oh, yeah, man, no problem. They verified it. You're good. You're good. It's common business practice. Mm, the other guy didn't think so. Anyway, it was settled. I'm even more cautious now. Openmoji is going to help you stay out of problems like that. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. How to find your most productive hours. Are you a late night podcaster? I've tried it, but I find that I make a lot of mistakes. For me, recording in the afternoon is a much better choice. Some days you get stuff done. Some days you don't get stuff done. That's the way that it works. But, but you will notice patterns. And I think being aware of them can help you get more done, help you be more efficient, help you show up correctly, have more fun when you're doing your stuff. Here's step one. Record your productivity levels. Just make a note of it. I'm kind of feeling tired. I've got a lot of energy. I'd rather do this than that. Just make note of that. And step two, once you notice those things, that's scheduling your tasks, knowing that if you need to record in the afternoon, for example, make sure you're recording then and not late at night because you're doing other things in the afternoon. Step three, analyze and adapt. Got more information on these, more details. Those are linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. A little podcast humor for you. Spotify rap. You've seen those all over the place this week, right? You listen to Spotify all year. At the end of the year, which is right now, they're saying, here's what you listen to. Here's your favorite genre. Here's how many minutes you listen to. And as podcasters, we get that same data, but on the receiving end. Here's how many people are listening to your podcast. Here's how many people have it in the top five. It's their favorite podcast. It's good data. I've got more information about it and a funny take on it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Is your podcast working? Five questions to help you figure out if you're on the right track with your podcast and what to do about it if you are not. One, what does it mean for your podcast to work? Very important right now as we look to the new year. What does success look like? Do you want money? Do you want postcards in the mail? Do you want reviews? You'd think it's rate and review is the way people ask about it. Please leave me a rating and review. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. Uh, really? Can't deposit that in the bank. It's nice social proof. Talked about that a minute ago. That's important. I agree. But is that really the number one thing that you want for your podcast? What does it mean for your podcast to work? Maybe it's that you're interviewing interesting people. Maybe it's that you want to have fun. Maybe that it's you need better guests so that you're more engaged. Consider it. That's number one. What does it mean for your podcast to work? Two, do you get any unprompted feedback about your podcast? Actually, I did get some unprompted feedback about my podcast. On the next episode, I will be talking about that. So if you haven't subscribed to this one, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. The good, the bad, and the ugly feedback, because not all feedback is great. Sometimes it's not so great, but you know what it's not? It's not mediocre. Mediocre feedback, lukewarm feedback, that means people are not engaged enough to give any feedback. People give you feedback because they love it or they don't like it. Do you get any unprompted feedback about your podcast? That's question number two to let you know, is your podcast working? Question number three, have you given your podcast enough time to work? Getting ready to head into the new year? My suggestion, if you're starting a new podcast, commit to the podcast for the entire year. I can't tell you how many people come through my orbit. It may be put in four or five weeks. Eh, man, it's just not taking off. 
I'm going to switch. Switch names, switch graphics, switch formats, switch topics. I'm going to go to YouTube. Maybe I'll have better luck there. <laughs> That's not enough time, man. That's not enough time. It takes a minute before you can be good behind the mic. This is one of the reasons that I tell you to do it every single day. If you're showing up every week or every two weeks, whenever you feel like it, and you've got a guy who's showing up every day, who's getting better? You got to put the time in, man. And that's not just length of time. That's showing up consistently. I like to do it daily. I read, I improvise. And I practice thinking on my feet by answering random questions. I do that every day. I've got a podcast on Anchor. It's called Big Podcast Daily. Call it The Sausage Factory. It's not meant for you to listen to. If you want to get better as a podcaster, that is my suggestion. Don't have your real podcast up? That's my suggestion. Get on there. Start getting good on the mic. Then when you do have your real podcast, you're going to be a lot more likely to win. But for most of us, we haven't given our podcast enough time to work. It takes time to become a good podcaster. And that's why question three is, have you given your podcast enough time to work? Think about being on a journey. You're going coast to coast. Get a couple of states in. Eh, I'm going to start a new podcast. Change the title. Change the artwork. Whoop. Go back to where you started. Then you're starting all over again. I mean, maybe you could argue that you're learning things, hosting, connections, equipment, skill set. So maybe you're not starting completely over, but don't do this whole thing of two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. You're going to get to your destination a lot quicker if you keep moving forward. That's what I want to keep you doing. Question number four, do you think your podcast is good? Think back to what I said a minute ago about interviewing guests that you're not excited to interview. If you're not excited, how are listeners going to be excited? Earl Nightingale, you know Earl Nightingale? The first guy to get the Golden Gavel Award from Toastmasters. He's got a great book. The first gold record spoken word album, as a matter of fact. The Strangest Secret. Probably recognize the voice. Great voice, man. And he said this. A lot of people go to a stove, a fireplace. He said, give me the heat. They hadn't put the wood in. You got to put the wood in, man. That's how you get the heat. It starts with you. And if you're putting out a bad podcast that even you're not excited about, you're not going to be able to get other people excited about it. Number five is your problem awareness, conversion, or both. Do people just not know about you or do a lot of people know about you and they just don't care? Or does nobody care and nobody knows about you? <laughs> Things to think about going into the new year. Is your podcast working? Five questions to ask yourself. Let me review these again. One, what does it mean for your podcast to work? That's up to you. Two, do you get any unprompted feedback about your podcast? Three, have you given your podcast enough time to work? Four, do you think your podcast is good? Five, is your problem awareness, conversion, or both? What do you think about it? Reach out to me, bigpodcast.com, Twitter, Mastodon. I'm everywhere. If you want more information, the original article or Mastodon invite, I've got them linked newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Got some classified ads this issue. Sticker Mule, $10 credit, $10 to spend on custom stickers for your podcast. Monetize your podcast with Pod Inbox. I mentioned Pat Chung. Pod Inbox makes it simple and fun to engage your fans and monetize your podcast with a custom webpage. Fans have questions like the Q&A. You can submit that via Pod Inbox. So check that out. 
Also, Rock and Pod, do you know about this conference? I've been there a few times. I did a live broadcast with Dave Ellison from Megadeth, Matt Pinfield, Ricky Rackman, some great musicians there. Greg Bissonetti was there, interviewed him a few times. David Lee Roth plays with Ringo Starr now. Carmine Apice or Apice or Apache, depending on who you ask. Rod Stewart called him Carmine Apice because he played with Rod Stewart for a long time, actually co-wrote the song, Do You Think I'm Sexy? These are the kind of guys that are at Rock and Pod. If you're interested in this event, I've got it linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. It's a long one, this episode. Appreciate you sticking out with me. The next episode talks about getting listener feedback. I've got some. Dan wrote me, second to the last paragraph is this. Rant over. <laughs> it wasn't a bad email though. I'm going to read it. Got some comments on it. Also thoughts on you getting feedback from your listeners. If you're interested in hearing the letter, hearing the story, here's how to make sure that you do not miss it. Go to bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. When you go there, I make it very easy for you to subscribe. I've got three buttons for you, depending on how you listen to your podcast. If you've got an iPhone, I've got an iPhone button. Android, Android button. I've got an RSS button and I've got a QR code. All you've got to do is scan it with your phone. Build a Big Podcast goes into your phone. You can take me and the message of Build a Big Podcast, growing your audience, spreading your message, making more money with your podcast anywhere you go, in the car, in the gym. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe has it. Go there right now before you forget. Subscribe. And I'll be back in the next issue with this letter from Dan B and talking more about listener feedback and how to work with it on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.